I'm also recording. Yay. I'm special. Okay, I'm recording, but I there haven't made it live yet. Um, okay. Why is everything so choppy? You're fine now? To the speed test! That's what I do first. No, it was just like, I think it was a uh, Discord was in the background, so I think it was having issues. Uh, Discord is in Discord. Um. Link to the past celebration. Uh, I know Tyler probably has seen it, but Justin, I'm sure you've seen the Japanese Link to the Past. Is that the one with the dancing? I thought that was for Zelda 1. Yes. Yes. No, that's for Link to the Past, dog. Oh, okay. Even says Super Super Famicom. Maybe you can have that play a little bit, uh, because I doubt you'll get DMCA'd for it. Um, Probably not. But, uh... Yeah, Japan gets all the cool commercials. Yeah, I don't man, remember. They had a whole bunch of Fatal they, Fury commercials that were live action back in the day. I think I linked you one. Uh, where it's like, there's one for the... I saw one for the second Saturn where it's like a live action version of of Terry and uh, Joe fighting. And then there's just this hot Asian woman uh, as Mai just standing there sexually. I know for sure I saw it in Netman of Nussel's uh, Fatal Fury retrospective. Because he had to mention it. Fatal Fury. There you go. Live action commercial. I believe it was for Fatal um, Fury 2. You think it'd just be on here. Oh, there's one that just has like all of them at once. Um... Have you seen the cover art for Real Bow sure. Fatal Fury, where it's just a picture of Geese Howard in a suit, just sitting in a chair with uh, Billy yeah, Connolly, just the Chad, yeah, post. the Chad poster. Yeah, that's um, that. Uh, I've seen it replicated um, in like with other characters. I imagine that would, maybe it's not. I imagine house. if we ever had fan art. There should be fan art with us, uh, with that cover art in mind. As long as we know who's sitting in the chair. It would obviously be you. No, it'd be you, dog. I'm no geese, Howard. Um. This is fake. I cannot find it. Maybe it's Sega Saturn. I, I know it's specifically for the Sega Saturn. I don't remember, uh, any. Uh, actually, no, I'm wrong. There is one Fatal Fury game I recall being on Saturn. I think it was one of the real bout yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I think I found it. Fatal Fury Two. Yep. Yeah, I found it. Yeah, it's like my looking. Uh, it looks actually look, look really good. Yeah, man. My always looks good. My 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 has my hasn't been. My my has been fucked up in live action like uh, like Chun Li has. Yeah, even in the bad uh, King of Fighters movie, they got uh, Maggie Q as Mai in that movie. Uh Maggie Q. Uh, my 
Oh, King of Fighters. I guess it's yeah. King of Fighters. I mean, Live-action King of Fighters. Maggie Q um, doesn't have them titties, so... No, but, okay, t- nobody's gonna have them <laughs> Unless titties. Unless you're and, like, At least it's gonna... Yeah, and and look, just like when they make another Street Fighter movie. Like, Ming Na Wen didn't have monstrous legs like Chun Li should have, but that was fine because she was Chun Li. Yeah. She is Chun yeah. Li. Ming Na Wen can do anything. She can wail long legs and onto herself. It's not just long; it's the fact that like they're they're muscular. That, yeah. That's that's Chun Li's thing. You look at that sprite work. She got she got them thighs. People, I'm very. They're guaranteed there were people who developed a fucking thigh fetish because they saw Chun Li's yeah. legs. Lots of people in the '90s had sexual awakenings for, from fighting games. That's for sure. Oh yeah. You got mine. Then you got Cammy and the leotard. Who whenever poses, literally she turns around, shows her butt at you, and then smiles at you. Um. Yeah, I can see why. Mortal Kombat, just like, I don't know how I... Outside of Katana, that was the only girl I liked in Mortal Kombat. I think Sonya Blade's original design was pretty kinky with the yoga outfit. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the like the headband. I also think it was... A, it was weird. Headband ponytail. It was the 90s. It was I, a different time. Yeah. It was... Yeah. That is true. Uh, and I think the the live-action Mortal Kombat had to do a lot of that, because that... Oh, I think it's Lisa DeSoto as Katana. Mm. 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 She was good. Perfect for Princess Kitana. Uh, I've just had it on the starting soon screen while we were chatting. Do you want me to switch okay. over? Are you ready? Can be. Okay, let's switch right. over. We're switched. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I'm your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy. And joining me on the man who's going to visit his homeland and be forever in prison, Justin. Why am I going to prison? You're going to be imprisoned. Because you're going to your homeland. That's the art. That's your next story arc. Didn't you get the? Didn't you get the script? I, it. Oh, in like prison. not in prison. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, technically, you will be in in captivity. So it's. I mean, they're not going to kidnap me. I'm not good enough. So you say. <laughs> and joining me is the man who came back to de- came back from death after three days of sleeping. Tyler. It's a late Easter joke. I don't get it. Oh, because you're Jesus. Yeah, because he's... Yeah. Look at the hair. He's it's not that long. Uh, you're white Jesus, favorite. though. My favorite... I am not that moist, okay? You're cultural appropriation Jesus. Did you just call Jesus No, I'm referring to um, uh, Moist Critical. Uh, the, the I mean, he was probably pretty moist after that ass whooping he got by the Romans. Getting the hang- oh! Wow. Um, I will always make that joke. I will never not make that joke. You know me. Um, if you're offended, I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> listen, if you're not going to listen to his teachings, I'm going to make fun of you. Anyways, um, uh, we, are, we are not here to talk about the, the life, death, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. We are here to talk about video games. Not our strongest uh, intro. We, we, we are the Charge Shot Games. Listen, <laughs> no, it's not, but it's a me intro, and that's, that's, that's what I want. Uh, we are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing, news we've been reading. And Justin, um, are you, what? I don't, you haven't said anything on Discord, so I have nothing to go off of except for tuning. I haven't said anything because I knew you'd be disappointed in me. I've been talking to Lo. Are you playing? Are you playing shit that you don't like any again? No, Is I'm playing shit doing? you don't like. 
this past week, I've pretty much exclusively been re- been jumping back into Kingdom Hearts three. Um. Okay, I'm in Kingdom. I'm in Kingdom Hearts. I, I will give you more shit for playing things that you actively hate versus things that I hate. I'd be like, oh, okay. well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I wasn't Kingdom going to share Hearts. it because care. you don't you don't care. Um, but I like after the announcement of Kingdom Hearts four, and our friend Lo has been talking about his Kingdom Hearts adventures. Um, I just I I thought I'd check it out again. I thought maybe I'd give it another try. Like I was playing on a base PS4, so I was having performance issues on top of not really enjoying it. So I was like, maybe you know, maybe it'll be better on the PS5. Like I didn't think there was like an upgraded version or whatever, but it would at least run better, you know, the PS4 version. So I reinstalled it, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, my save data was still there. It just nice. booted it up like it was on my PS4. Like no, I guess the, like the um the save transfer or whatever is only when you're going from a PS4 version to a PS5 version. Since this Thank was still the... Saves. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Since this was still the PS4 version, it just saved. So, like, that was one thing I was kind of, like, on the fence about. Is like, I'm gonna boot this back up and I'm gonna have to play through the Frozen world again. I don't want to do that. But it booted it up at the beginning of the Pirates world, uh, which is where I'd quit because I finished Frozen and was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> So, three years later, I went through basically the rest of the game, um, and I will yeah, say... Yeah, the epilogue is very short. What? The, yeah, the, the epilogue for this uh, game is very short. Like, I beat it in, like, a single evening. Oh. Well, I'll get to that. Um, I I played through <laughs> the Pirates world. Um, like I said, I had gotten to the start of it. Like, I was kind of just dropped in media res, like, in Port Royal. I forgot, like, the story stuff that had led up to me getting to the town, but it was fine. Uh, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. I know the story. And that's the nice thing about those Disney worlds. Um, but I was actually really enjoying that world. Like, the ship combat's kind of jank. Yes. Um, it's it's kind of like a like a simplified mix of, like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Wind Waker. Because you're going... From island to island, and, like, each island kind of has its own, uh, well, the named islands, I should say, have their own little challenges. Like, sometimes it's kind of little platforming elements. Sometimes it's just searching around for hidden treasure. Other times it's, like, a kind of combat gauntlet. Um, but yeah, there's, like, there's a good variety on each of these islands that I really enjoyed exploring them, even with the occasional ship combat between them. Um, and once you get strong enough, like, I mean, you take down every ship in one hit anyway. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, I think the hook was you... Um, on each island, you can find these, like, white crabs. Like, the you know, the weird thing in, in Pirates when, like, Jack is swarmed by white crabs for some reason. And they, like, bring his ship back or whatever. I don't know. Oh, in the... In, in yeah. Jesus' locker, yes. I, like, I know. It's... I'm just, like, I don't, I don't know why that was in the movie, but it was. And they've made it, like, a story... This is yeah. surrealism. That's I mean that's at that point in the movies is like anything can happen. Right, but they made it like a gameplay element here, which is kinda cool. And so like you like take out these oh. barrels and stuff and you um collect all these white crabs and like they basically act as experience points for your ship. So as you collect more of them, your ship gets stronger, like more HP, more attack power, that kind of thing. <laughs> the only time we're collecting crabs. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I got so much crabs, y'all. Um, you probably need to go see a doctor. Take that out of, <laughs> clip that. Take it out of context. Do but it. Um, 
but yeah, that was kind of the hook for me. It's because like I didn't like the ship combat, so I was like, I'm going to find all of these crabs and simplify the final battle for myself. Um, but I ended up really enjoying it. Like that, I think. I think the the reason I got back into the game was because like that world hooked me. Um, if I jumped back in, like you know, in the middle of the frozen world or something, I probably would have dropped back off. But like I was back in, I was ready to go, and the only one I had after that was Big Hero Six. Which I was already looking forward to, like, before the game came out. It was a little disappointing. Um, yeah. Like, in comparison. Because, I mean, I love the characters. Like, the cutscene, like, the, you know, movie-related cutscenes involved in it were great. Um, I love the back and forth with, like, Sora and team and uh, Hero and team. Um, and, like, it in a kind of a surprise twist, it wasn't, like, an adaptation of the movie. It was kind of a canonical sequel, almost. Um, which was really cool. So it's like seeing these characters in like a new environment. Um, I'll take all the Big yeah. Hero 6 stuff I can get. But the actual gameplay there was kind of lame. Um, like, you have kind of a, a slice of a large city that you're exploring. But it's a little overwhelming because it's just a lot of skyscrapers and streets. And it all kind of looks the same. And so yeah, trying to... map f- is way too big for what it asks of you. Right. And like, you don't I even spend like that long there. probably the most overcrowded level in the entire game. Yeah. For sure. And so, like, trying to find treasure chests, for example, is just impossible. Like, I did not care to search every corner, because I couldn't even tell if I was, you know, if I had been somewhere I already was or not. Uh, It felt like I was just looping the same city block over and over again. Um, But, yeah, the actual, like, combat of it all is kind of, sorry, like, the gimmick of this world is um, you're, like, helping train each member of the team. Uh, So, like, you know, you might do something and, like, they learn, like, oh, I can, you know, I don't have to be beholden to gravity. I can go up walls. And, like, they, you know, modify their abilities to kind of, like, do things that Sora can do. And then they're able to help you fight the Heartless. Um, and then there's, like, this weird, like, kind of data creature that starts, like, uh, kidnapping everyone. And you have to save each member. Um, and then team up to fight, like, the, you know, you kind of, again, you kind of learn... Um, like, heroes back at the base, like, learning things from each encounter um, on how to, like, get some battle strategies against this thing. Uh, but it's very much just, like, a combat gauntlet with a few kind of little training simulation things um, where you, like, can uh, jump on on, like, air vents that shoot you up into the air. And you kind of like you know you manipulate like the um, the environment in a way that like you score points through rings and that kind of thing, but it's not very fun platforming, so I didn't really feel the need to do it when I wasn't like platforming. Kingdom Hearts is never fun. Let's be real. Exactly, it's always kind of jank, um, and especially this one that like kind of snaps you to walls that you can like you know run up, and then like the double jump and the glide don't really like coalesce very well and yeah it's it's kind of funky um but with so i I, it might like it might have not felt very long because i had already done like you know six worlds before this or whatever but i did my two new worlds when i picked it back up and then basically the end of the game and the end of the game felt as long as the rest of the game to me it was one of those things where it's like it builds up to a point and it feels like it's going to be the final battle. And then it changes to a different location. And you have another like three hours of build up to another battle that feels like it's going to be the final battle. 
Yeah, the ending of this game is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, they rectify it with the Remind DLC, but the fact that they have to put out a DLC just to fix their shitty ending, it's like, eh. Yeah, I mean, the like the story elements in the ending itself aren't terrible. Like, they don't make a lot of sense. Um, I was kind of putting on, on Twitter my thoughts of, like, I'm nine games in and I still don't even know what Kingdom Hearts as a concept is. <laughs> um I just wanted to fill your Kingdom Hearts of Light! <laughs> uh, but I did learn that apparently Kingdom Hearts itself is, like, the sun. And what they're trying to do is, like, black out the sun. And, like, use the power of the sun or whatever. Like, turn it to darkness and then create a new world with it or something. Something along those lines. Like, it is literally both, like, the light and the dark. Like, it's people wanting to use Kingdom Hearts for good or bad. And Kingdom Hearts is just the sun. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's a heart-shaped sun. I feel like that's not... So, what's the Holy Spirit? Uh, Sora. Is that Aqua? Okay. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's maybe some... maybe but I don't know. There's some, like, Matrix Revolutions stuff going on with the, the ending of this game. Um, I don't want to get too much into in details, case, and like in case anyone you know hasn't played it, that might be in our chat right now. Um, but like, you you kind of build to a, a final boss, and then like the whole ending kind of gets retconned, and you have to like do it over again. Yeah, and like it's just this kind of tedious detour for like an hour. That's not even that fun. Again, it's kind of more platforming challenge stuff. And then it's just a series of battles, like one after another for the rest of the duration with like just wacky cutscenes in between every single one. Um, and there's a few moments when you get to actually play as like Riku and Aqua that are really cool. But I mean, they're not fully fleshed out because it's literally the only times you play as them. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, I like Aqua's because she gets like some of her abilities from Birth by Sleep, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it feels very disjointed. Like they had individual scenes mm. they wanted um, for the ending, but they didn't know how to actually put them together, so they just didn't. It's like something goes from one scene to the next, and you don't really understand why you got how you got there. Um, it's almost as if this ending was hastily written to the last minute. Oh wait. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it does technically tie things up, but, like, I don't really know what the resolution of it all is. <laughs> Aside from, like, the organization is disbanded and Kingdom Hearts is saved again, even though they've done that before. But even then, the organization isn't really disbanded because there's still, like, a few, you know, lingering threads out there. What you need to have is you need to have... Uh, Donald, because it definitely be Donald, get paid with 30 coins of silver to portray Sora to the new uh, Council of Darkness Xenohorts X12 20 twive squared dash over. Listen, I got made fun of for Street Fighter extra editions. Don't I give Namora too many ideas, Ben. He might hire you on the spot just from that monologue alone. Yeah. Please do so, please. I will make up bullshit titles all day long as a job. I thought you were doing another Jesus allegory there. Kind of. It started that, and then it started making fun. Yeah, you kind of forgot your point. Kingdom Hearts uh, <laughs> title names. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the point is, I have beaten Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, it was not terribly satisfying of an ending, but I did enjoy the ride. Uh, like, looking back, it was a it was a better game than I give it credit for. 
Um, there was just a few stinker worlds, and overall, it doesn't really come together. But it's fun to play. Um, and then, like, literally right before the show, I was looking up the, uh, the Remind story editions. Um, like, the the new ending stuff they put in there. I was I was basically I was trying to find the secret ending in Kingdom Hearts three, uh, because I did not do it on like you know proud mode or whatever you have to do to get the scrub. The... <laughs> uh, I mean honestly, normal was pretty easy, but um, even on proud mode, the game felt way too easy for me. Like it was my very first playthrough. Uh, I played it on the hardest difficulty that was available at the mm-hmm. time, and. It was just a breeze to go through. I beat that game in like two days. Hmm. I'm pretty sure my final hit against the like the you know last boss, like the actual last boss, was like the mad teacups or something. It was dumb. Just because oh, I could. I oh, that movie looks. That movie looks so cool. Mad teacups. Yeah. In there, one where like you ride around the yeah. teacups, right? Oh, like there's the, a the movie. Yeah, most yeah. of. The- yeah, most of the super moves that you get in Kingdom Hearts 3 are literally just Disney rides. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed yeah. that the, the that mountain little... cart or whatever is like is only situational. Yeah, it's only used for one Magic boss. Mountain. Yeah. It's so cool. But you only use it once. And like that was in the like the one of the first trailers and it was this big deal I'm like, oh, they're just showing off the end of the game right now. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. Nope. I mean, pretty close to the end of the game. Um, but yeah, so I, I was looking up the secret endings and stuff and I was like, none of this makes any more sense than what I played. Like, welcome to Kingdom Hearts, right? Where all, everything's made up and nothing matters. <laughs> it does clearly seem to set up so the like Sora in the real world element, um, which is kind of neat, but it also kind of means the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer doesn't show anything new because I thought that was like a new wrinkle. But we already know that from the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, but yeah, I was really confused about how much the uh, the mobile game ties into like the secret ending of this game. Because um, I know nothing about that one. I think there was even like one of the like the one of the final shots or whatever, like when you're uh, just mashing triangle to like shoot beams or whatever with people's names on them. Oh, yeah. I think that was an, an element from the mobile game. Because you're, like, pulling past Keyblade wielders out of thin air or whatever. And I think those are real users, too. Yeah, I- like, real users of that mobile game. Um, and it's just like, there's so much pulled from the mobile game that feels like a bad decision. It really does. <laughs> so, now I need to actually go, like, I'm 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 back in the weeds, y'all. Now I need to go back in and, like, look up the full story of Kingdom Hearts. Like, including... Oh, that is a bad rabbit hole. Even worse than our VTuber rabbit hole. I know. Because I did it before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Um, but that didn't include all the mobile stuff either. I just wanted to get caught up to Kingdom Hearts 3. So now I need Kingdom Hearts 3 plus the mobile stuff. Like, how that all ties into the overall... Leading into four. <sighs> this is why I don't. This is why I don't go back into these games because, like, I, I I get like the the Charlie Day on the on the uh, the board meme. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> like I just I I can't like I can't casually enjoy Kingdom Hearts. I have to go all in. Now you, 
All it takes is a huge, it's a huge, that was your gateway drug, and now you just give me that coke. Like that, you're that yeah. Elmo meme of like that one line is Kingdom Hearts three, and you see that whole powder Kingdom Hearts franchise. <laughs> yep, <laughs> basically. Anime was a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just I really like I enjoy the characters. I don't know like they're any of their story arcs, but. I really like them interacting and like, it's cool to get payoffs with like, you know, when they get reunited and it's just, there's something special about it. Even if I don't understand what's going on in the middle. Um, but yeah, that's literally like most of what I've played this past week. Um, I'm recording some random like DS games stuff. Um, actually another thing that got me back into kingdom hearts three was, uh, recording some recoded, which I freaking love that game. Um, it's like it's too good. Like it's it's better than it should be Are as a hacker huh? man. Are you hacker man? Because it's called kind recorded. of. Sora is basically like going back through oh. the events of the first game, um, and like clearing out glitches from the, um, from the events of that game. Like it's 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 like Jiminy's journal has been tampered with, and so the Jiminy downloaded too much porn in his journal. That's why it has to be debugged. Yeah, basically. Um, and so it's it's essentially just like Kingdom Hearts 1.5 is kind of the idea. And this was actually another mobile game, um, like long long ago, like on Nokia phones, no less. Yeah, so no one played it, even though like actually the cutscenes and stuff were better quality on on Nokia phones than they are on DS. Um, kind of sad, but you know it is. Um, but yeah, like it has its issues because it is a DS, you know, Kingdom Hearts game. But, like, it's so much better than it should be. Especially as a mobile game port. Um, so I started playing that, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Kingdom Hearts 3 another try. So, yeah, I've like I said, I've been playing some random DS games and stuff. Um, but nothing too crazy to talk about. Um, but, yeah, that's about it, really. I'm kind of disappointed I can't take my normal... Like forty five minutes, but hey, let's let's get it in and out. Dirty joke refrain, Tyler. <laughs> uh, so, as I mentioned last week uh, in Yu Gi Oh Master Duel, as of this recording, the Synchro Festival is still underway, and I've been playing the hell out of that. Um, I've reconfigured my Stardust Dragon Synchro deck, uh, and it plays even better than ever now. I've been Doing a whole bunch of crazy-ass combos, getting first-turn uh, Omni-Negate boards, and second-turn uh, kill moves. So, that's been super fun. I've been unlocking a shitload of gems from this event alone. Um, let's see, what else was I doing? Uh, aside from that, um, most of what I've been doing was Master Duel. The only other game I played was... I picked up uh, the new Lego Star Wars. Um, I got it on PS4 because I wanted to get the PS5 version, <clears throat> but uh, the store didn't have that version available. Then I found out, oh, I can uh, upgrade it to the PS5 version for free, so that's cool. I'll just go ahead and do that. I played a little bit of it so far. I haven't gotten super deep in. Um, so far, I've only played uh, the first hour of Phantom Menace. Because, you know, as a LEGO Star Wars veteran, I have to start with the first one. 
because Lego Star Wars 1 was the first game I began with. This game is dramatically different from the original games. Um, I honestly take for granted how much um, Lego games have evolved since 2005. Like, I'm still getting over the fact that there's actual voice acting in this game. You can and turn it off. Voice actors, no less. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, you can turn on the mumbles, but... Which is kind of funny. I pref- Why would Right. You? Why would for you the know? classics, I, I guess. <laughs> Why would I turn off um, James Arnold Taylor's Obi-Wan Kenobi? That's stupid. <laughs> but yeah, um, the combat's pretty simple. Um, although not as simple as the older games. Uh, you still use square to attack. Um, Circle uses force attacks. That's... I've only been playing as Jedi characters at this point. Um, the new thing that I noticed is there's an actual counter move now, which wasn't there before. So I'm still grappling with the fact that there's Oof. an actual counter in a Lego game. But I can get used to it. I play action games for a living, so it's just kind of um, off-putting in a Lego game of all things. Have you but I, have you um, used Anakin to fly yet? I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, I'm only up to... I literally just got to Tatooine. Oh, okay. Like, that was where I stopped. Okay. I I love that that child flight gimmick. (laughs) The people... Like, oh, you can't kill children in a video game, but you can attack them endlessly and and cheat through the level? Sure. Why not? It reminds me of uh, that one quote-unquote glitch in Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric where they use Knuckles' heart attack to, like, fly up in the air while continuously pausing just to beat the game in, like, record time or something. Yeah, but that doesn't involve hurting children, so... It's hurting me. (laughs) That game hurts. Are you a child? I'm a child. I'm a child at heart. Kingdom Hearts! (laughs) <laughs> so yeah uh i'll get back to you on that next week um aside from that i haven't really been doing that much this week so i will pass it over to our gracious host you know what's funny is i also got sorry i'm not the gracious host i just cut in um you know what's funny is i also got the lego star wars game like launch day and haven't played it yet <laughs> oh okay I, I, I'm just waiting until uh, my brother-in-law has an off day and we can play it together. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I could, I could play it by myself, but I picked it up um, to play with my wife because I thought that's the kind of game she would enjoy, and we just haven't had time to sit down with it yet, so I haven't played it by myself yet either. Feels. Yeah. So uh, I uh, Xbox Game Pass got a pretty big game this month, uh, at least this month, uh, which is uh, Life is Strange: mm. True Colors. Um, I have the first one. I still haven't beaten it. Uh, I'm debating on doing that as a stream. But I figured, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure this game was new characters, new setting, and everything. And I knew the whole gimmick uh, is like the, basically she's almost like an empath um, where she can pretty much like sense what some people are feeling. Uh, but like it's it's told by the visual storytelling of colors. So you play as Alex Chen. And you are coming home to the small town of Haven, I believe it is in the Pacific Northwest. I can't remember if it's in the Northwest or if it's Colorado, but it's a very mountain, it's a mountain town. And seeing this game in Sonic has made me want to romanticize with Thomas. But dude, can we just move? It's like a quiet town in the mountains, you know, beautiful scenery, no big city bullshit. Like South Park. You know, small little... 
not that not that big, but like this is homely. Like like if you pop the first thing you see, so pretty much uh, this, I I actually just beat the first chapter again. I won't go over any major spoilers. So pretty much Alex, uh, it's typical. You know, um, life is strange. You get you make choices, you have decisions, you meet characters. Your powers aren't as like video gamey as say the first one, where like uh, I can't remember the first character's name. It's been so long. Where you had to put puzzles together in terms of telling a story. It's pretty much just kind of just, in, at least so far, I've only played the first chapter, but a lot of it is just using your power to see how people are feeling and examine it. So far, it's pretty much just kind of following the narrative, which people may or may not like, but I find it interesting enough because Alex and her brother, um, Gabe, they were estranged to the foster system. And pretty much it was left as a secret on like why Alex was kind of kept aside. So... And I'm gonna say why Alex. Uh, Alex was at a treatment facility for unknown reasons. I won't say why because it's better to find out in the game. And she's basically coming home or coming to basically live with her brother Gabe. And it's it, it starts off really sweet. It's really nice. You meet some of the some of the uh, people in the town who uh, you meet Riley, who's really really cute. You meet um, oh god, uh, I think his name is Ryan. Um, he, he you find him in the record store. He's like basically. The hunky uh, lumberjack of my dreams, but he's uh, no, not lumberjack. He's not lumberjack. Park ranger of my dreams has very nice hair and very good, pretty smile. Let's just say, if you're bisexual, be careful playing this game. Okay, you may overload. Um, and then you meet possibly my favorite character so far, and that is the quirky um, record store owner slash DJ of the town, Stephanie, or Steph as they call her. And mm, I'm just like. Is it possible to fall in love with meeting you just in the first second? I don't know if this game has Roman options. I know the first game did. But, um, so you mean all of them? It's very nice, seriously. Well, there's actually a cute segment where you have to get a cat to move um, from, like, uh, it's on top of a piece of paper that you need, and you have to get the cat to move. It's it's, it's just, I, I needed a game that was something not stressful, because Tunic stressed me the fuck out to the point where I haven't touched it again. So this was a nice, simple, like, just be in the narrative. And it's well-voice acted. It is, um, God, again, like, if you want to talk about romanticizing, like, small-town America, uh, this is it for me. <laughs> like, the big trees, the, um, uh, the big trees, the small towns, like, the old-looking buildings, like, that are made of wood. It just looks good. Uh, and then, um, this is not a spoiler, a, a minor spoiler, but it's not, like, starting imperative. You go up, you told you're going to be living with your brother Gabe, uh, asks him if she, he's, she's going to live with him. And you see the the she basically her brother basically has a loft like it's it's huge, uh it's like it's it's amazingly big and, and she basically tells him that this is basically yours because I'm staying at my girlfriend's place more than uh, more than anything else so this is your place now like have at it, um uh and then shit goes down shit goes down very very bad to the point where um you find out why Alex was pretty much like kept away and why she was in a, in a in a treatment facility for so long. It's really heartbreaking too and it, and without giving it away cuz you need to see it for yourself again as somebody who has those problems and continues to have those problems, I found it very relatable on what she was dealing with. Um and it, it, it you can guess it, it's probably, it has something to do with emotions. But it was it, it was very it hit very close to home, um, like I think what holds it like I think the first Life is Strange when I first I first played it, it it, it's, it follows very similar to Beach. You get introduced, 
and then you have the the oh shit moment. I think in the first game it was you find the kid in the bathroom with the gun. The oh shit moment that happens here is way worse. Not not a not a, not a gun necessarily, but in terms of what Alex as a main character is capable of. Um, and it sort and it ends with uh, you meet um, Ethan, who is the son of Gabe's girlfriend. So he's you know so he's pretty much acting as not official stepdad, but pretty much acting as stepdad. And he tells you, "Hey, I go to the I I'm a kid, so I'm gonna go play in the mines." <laughs> Because that's what kids do in the mountains. And they call it a mine. A mine! If you get that reference, I love you. Um, and uh, and you have the choice to say, to basically tell them, don't go in there or go in there. I'm trying to be the cool new person. I'm like, you know, just be safe, okay? Turns out he's not safe. Uh, and he gets trapped on... So, if, you look, if you're watching this via live, um, if you're not, think of, you think of like you're over a ravine. On one side is Ethan, and he is terrified. He thinks there's something there. Um, there's a long wooden log, like you see when you're trying to cross a bridge. Uh, but um, Gabe and Ryan, they cannot cross it. They can't. They're too heavy. It's breaking. But Alex is lighted, just light enough to where it's not breaking that bad. So pretty much you have to go over. And pretty much uh, Ethan is overcome by his fear that something in the ravine is going to get him. This monster that he created in his head. I kept thinking it was going to be like an actual supernatural monster. Because I remember in the first game, the whole hook at the end of the first episode was, there's a big-ass tornado that's going to hit the town in like five days. You know? And I kind of expected like a supernatural element to hit. Because, I mean, we already have a girl who can see uh, emotions through, through colors. But... Um, it's really just what she can just feel visually see what that person's hearing. So the ravine opens up, literally opens up and it looks like a monster's teeth trying to get you. And it like, it's, it's legitimately terrifying. And so she, because he's scared, she's freaked out. And I won't tell you what happens after that because it really gets really scary. And I'll let your mind decide what happens. But, uh, I've been wanting to play this for a while. And I'm I'm glad it's available on Game Pass. I kept waiting for a sale for it to drop so low, but it never did. So it's here, and I'm gonna be playing this uh, for a while. Like I said, I finished the first chapter today. I want to beat this one because I'm I'm invested and in see and see where this is going. Because um, <laughs> uh, you are in the first episode, uh, you see a couple break up right in front of you, and it's awkward as hell. And you have the choice. You have the choice to defend the shitty person who's being broken up or back them. So I know who you are as a person if you back this person. And you, you'll know who it is to instantly meet them. Very, very good so far. Um, very, very good. Uh, the only other thing I've played this week has been more triangle strategy. Um, and uh, that game is going really, really well. So as I said last time... Um, we were we were basically going with the plan that uh, Minister Sorcely of the of Hyzant, we are straight up just going to go to the court and call him out on his bullshit. So we have an actual trial. Um, and funny enough, I actually played the Phoenix Wright theme, the turnabout, you know, you know, the corner you know, theme, you know, you know the one. Yeah, exactly. So, and the trial is basically you have each other members of the Saintly Seven question you, uh, Sarah Noah. About, you know, your character, 
evidence against against Minister Sorcery. The best part is I got every I every single I unlocked every single it's fucking him guys answer. And every single time you would get an answer he didn't like, his little sprite would would, 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 would spew. Oh sweat. my god, it is so Phoenix Ray. Yeah, so it's great. It's great. Like squirm, you little bitch. And I thought that was it. At the end of it, they found him guilty because uh, they they found him guilty of laundering, you know, lying to the goddess and all that stuff. So then, and you think, okay, we're done. Then they uh, say, now it must be trial by combat. I'm like, you fucking kidding? Oh no, it's the updated um, autopsy so reports. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So, and this is actually really cool, because now you're in an arena, and it's a very enclosed arena, so I think, like, 4 by 4 square. And I thought, okay, we're just going to beat him here, I have a good set of fighters, we'll be fine. No, you can actually get knocked off the stage into a pit of spikes. Thankfully not an instant death, but it does hurt a lot, and you can climb back up, but of course then you're at a disadvantage. Um, not a hard map, thankfully, if you plan it, if you plan accordingly and, like, you use your tactics accordingly, like, immobilizing troops, blinding troops, you know, using status effects against them. Very, very fun. And Sorcery is just talking shit the entire time. Of like, you'll never get me. I'll make sure. Neener, neener, neener. Ass. I, yeah, he, he's done. So here were the, and I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. Then you get word that S. Frost... The, the country who has also never taken over my country, has now pretty much broken their alliance with Hyzant. Which implies, hasn't happened yet, that Esfrost plans to move against Hyzant at some point. Because they, they just have a stronger army. So, now we are at an impact, and this is where it gets fucking tricky. High, and, and this is established, and I'm going to have to go back to the beginning of the game, because it's kind of, at the time, it feels like innocuous when you're told about this, but now it makes sense. So at the beginning, in, in, in Hyzant, there are people called the Roselle. One of your party members is a Roselle. Roselle are basically pink-haired people, to keep it short. And under Hyzantian beliefs, it is said they had committed some grave sin. So think Eve, uh, if you're drawing a Christian allegory here. They committed a grave sin long ago, and they must work at the source, basically the center. If you look at the map, there's a heart on the map in Hyzant. That's the source. Of, of where salt is, is where the salt basically comes out of from. All Rosellian must live at the center and work at the center to eventually earn redemption in the eyes of the goddess. You are the, in that earlier chapter, you are told uh, you, uh, you go to a Rosellian village in Glenbrook and you're told that your own father helped basically liberate some Rosellians. And pretty much Hyzant has been wanting them. For years, they keep sending him letters. They didn't want to start a war over it because I don't think that Hyzant has a strong enough army to challenge Glenbrook at that time. So pretty much, now this is where the that fucking card comes into play. Now, the the Hierophant, he's basically their pope. He offers Serenoa, look, hey my boy, uh, uh, sir, uh, a house end is no more, but House Wolfort. We could make you a member of the Saintly Seven. Um, which I found weird because I'm like, but we're not believers of the goddess. They're not. We're, uh, House, uh, House Wilford is not. So I found that weird. Um, and it basically would gain it would gain you status and protection and money to help fight against Esfros. Here's the fucking catch. Because there's always a fucking catch in this game. You have a choice. You have to... The Hyzant basically tells you, if you want to join us... 
you have to surrender the Roselle that are under your domain. So the people that have been living there for at least, I want—I think it's at least 10 years, maybe longer, 20 years, living there peacefully, you have to basically tell them, hey, your life is over. And then Saranoa himself goes to the source. And there's actually a, a, side, a side story you can see that basically the Roselle are treated like slaves. Like they're dying on the spot. It's slave labor for all intents and purposes to help reduce assault. So... Sarah Noah uses his leverage at this big basically being I'm going to be a future saint to go see the source for himself. And that's pretty much where you have to make the call. Do you surrender the Roselle, therefore, therefore giving yourself, making yourself a saint, therefore giving your, your country protection, even more protection against Esfras, or do you not give to the will of tyrants? Do you protect the people that you, your father has been protecting since you, before you were born? And help and fight against and basically say fuck you, uh, thanks but no thanks. Hi Zant, I want to ask you guys which one do you think I picked? I imagine you probably go with the more uh, heroic one because fuck that guy. I think you betrayed your people. Well, I know. Well, it's official. Justin is the Judas in my story. I decided to not sell out my people, and I basically told uh, Hyzant to go fuck off. I know you didn't. I just Uh, wanted to make sure we had both options covered. Sure, buddy. Um, Okay, Judas. Here's your thirty pieces of silver. Whatever. Um, Jokes on you. I wasn't even listening. I was petting my cat. (laughs) Um, So I'm at that point now where. uh, Hyzant is pretty much sending an army to the Rosellan village. So now that's the next battle I have to do. Um, which is like, alright, bring it on, bitches. I will take on two countries to protect my integrity. Which I think I'm gonna get the bad ending, because it just keeps getting worse. It just keeps getting worse to these people, and it's awful, but I love this game. I've actually upgraded more characters, I've upgraded their weapons, um, it's really really fun I and so now I've unlocked my new favorite mock mock battle it's an arena battle um so it's very much similar to the arena battle you just fought in the game but it's pretty much a if you lose all your characters you die the map ends and it's very simple but it's a very easy one to grind because all you gotta do is just pretty much just get characters with AOE attacks and then boom you go and you get easy money I love this game like like I don't play it a lot because it's a lot to overcome, a lot of dialogue, a lot of story, and the combat, and each combat scenario is, is basically, takes a full process of my brain power, but fuck, man, I, I am enjoying this, and I will gladly replay this game again to see the other side of these choices, to see cutscenes I, I can't see. It's really fucking good. I'm really enjoying it. It's... Up right up right up there with Tunic. Even though I haven't beaten Tunic, it's right up there with a game with like game of the year. Like that's how much I'm enjoying it that much. And I was I was scared that this game was gonna kick my ass too much and basically just kick my ass to oblivion. But once I understood, and it did a couple times, and it probably still will. But once I've understood the loop and basically accept the fact that hey, just go grind for a little bit. It's not gonna kill you. It doesn't take that long to do. And upgrade shit, get new characters. It's been a hell of a time. I love it. I, I, I love the battles. I love how 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 um, terrain affects everything in, in, a, in a good and a bad way. It's super great. It's fantastic. 
Don't sleep on Triangle Strategy. Grab it when it's cheap. It's probably going to come to Game Pass at some point because uh, uh, Octopath came to Game Pass. So I could imagine this game coming to Game Pass. Um, so that's all I've been playing. I tried playing another game, but every time I tried to play something else, um, uh, uh, we... <laughs> I just want to play more Triangle Strategy. Oh, I beat Kirby. I beat Kirby. I don't know if I said that last time. I don't. I don't think I did. Um, but I don't want to spoil it. The final boss, in case you have beaten it. But I will say, Kirby turns into a truck. Uh, I won't say what the reason why he turns into a truck. He turns into a truck, and in my infinite wisdom, I immediately thought of. Uh, when Optimus Prime arrives in the 86 Transformers One shall movie. stand, one shall fall. So, Kirby has to drive up this highway to go to the Eldritch boss. It is an Eldritch horror, by the way. Because, um, of course it is. And I had Megatron. I, I, I had the touch playing in the background as Kirby was going up. It was like, I couldn't have timed it any better. I couldn't have timed it any better. Awesome. Um, it's great. I love that. The touch goes with everything, and I will not hear For otherwise. Sure. Um, but uh, that's all I've been playing. Um, I'm going to try to play some other stuff this week to change things up. Uh, there's some cool stuff coming out for Game Pass, but also some indie games on my Switch that I still have that I haven't touched that I'm going to try to keep up on. But Triangle Strategy has me by the balls. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss some news so hang on everybody we'll be right back cat hair everywhere um while we're in the ad it wasn't worth like uh retconning my section but i forget i did uh restart chrono cross because i i was trying to like look up a guide on like what where to go next like the you know suggested way to get into viper manor and everything i saw was like if you have the this, if you have a party of, of these characters, then go this way, and if you have a party of these characters, go this way. And I'm like, I don't have any of those characters. So I, lo- I looked back a little bit to see like when you get them, and I kept going back further and further and further, and finding like, you know, if you if you choose this thing at, at this point, you lock yourself out from getting this character for the rest of the game. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna start over and follow a guide the entire time. Like, god dang it. It's, I mean, I, I love this game, but man, some of the stuff is obtuse. There's literally something where you have to turn a party member down to join your party three times. Like, she keeps saying, well, come on, let's let's party together. So it's basically like Yuffie from original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, except less intuitive. And if you turn her down three times... She's like, okay, fine. I won't. I won't join you. And then another character joins you, and you can still get that other one back, like at another point. But if you let her join any of those three, you know, times she asks, you can't get that other character ever. Oof. And it's like, why? They're... <laughs> Weird stuff. That sounds like a. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I just have to yep. use a guide for the whole game. It's not a big deal. Oh well. The other reason why I'll probably wait to if that game drops to fifteen bucks, I'll try it. It's only like twenty now. 
I know, but that's a lot <laughs> for considering I don't like how slow it looks. Fair. Um, I will say, like, my replay yeah, has been, a, like, entirely a- in fast forward mode, just so I can kind of, you know, burn through what I've already done. Um, and, I mean, it moves it moves quick. <laughs> then. That's not selling me on the gameplay. <laughs> Other than that, it's selling me on the feature. Ah, uh, Chrono Trigger, that's why you're the best. Okay, yeah. are we back? Alright, hello everybody, welcome back. It's time for the new section of the Charge Shot Games cast. We're going to kick it off with some... We don't have a lot, but we got some Destiny news, and Thomas is no longer here, so... Thomas, you're going to have to get used to... Sh- Rest I- in peace. Right now, so he can- he's not watching this. Um, uh, Destiny, Bungie says it's committing to remote work in seven approved states, and there's an update. Um, uh, so we're going to read the original story first, and then we'll read the update. Uh, developer Bungie has said it is committed to remote working for the most current and future roles. Now seeing its intentions on Twitter, spotted by Kotaku, Bungie says it would be adapting a digital first approach for future job positions such as California, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, North Carolina, Texas, and Washington are the approved states that are fully remote eligible. Uh, it's currently confirmed why fully remote roles are only available in these seven states, or if Bungie plans on extending the offerings to other parts of the U.S., but IGN has reached out for a commitment <laughs> comment regarding these matters. Dyslexia is a pain in the ass. Bungie has become the first major AAA video game company to declare a nearly fully remote approachable indefinitely. Along with the rest of the world, and most developers were forced home as of the result of COVID-19. But some studios are transitioning back into the office. Employees of Activision Blizzard recently walk out over issues having involving remote working and vaccination requirements last week. Company-wide vaccine mandate was removed, effectively immediately promoting the ABK, the Activision Blizzard King Workers Alliance, to organize a walkout in protest, through which they also called for remote work to be offered as a permanent solution. Bungie will all, all arguably be known for creating a Halo series. Okay, so that is, uh, and here is the update, so we know what we're talking about. Um, the seven states where Bungie is offering fully digital, uh, remote eligible positions is the only start. It's only the start of the developers' commitment to go digital first. While these positions are currently available in the states I said before, Bungie plans to add more locations to this list in the future. Speaking to IGN, a Bungie spokesperson said, This is only the start of our transition to a digital first approach to hybrid work. Plan to open new locations and we'll make additional announcements as they become available. Which is super dope as we move forward into basically just saying, you know what, it's just, you're, you're you're just here. You're just here. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have to go... Like, if you're doing all your work at home anyway, it, it shouldn't matter where you live. I've seen a lot of these cases where uh, they like they allow you to apply for a job in another state or whatever, but they're like, okay, we're going to pay you less because you live in a state that has, you know, lower... Um, like, lower quality of living, basically. Um, or lower cost of Ooh. living, I should say. And it's like, okay, so... You have this position available at this salary, you know, with the assumption that they need this much to live. But you're not offering it to people in other states. You're offering them a different salary because it doesn't take them as much to live. It's like, so you have the money available, but you feel you can save it on, you know, cheaper labor elsewhere. Like, that's wrong. But it's it's great to have the option to work at, at somewhere uh, that, you know, is not within driving distance. Like... Um, unfortunately, I don't, well, I guess this, this does affect you, uh, you two, um, down in Tejas, as you said. Uh, yeah, if I want to, yeah, yeah. But it is strange that they picked these states. I guess maybe they're the more like, like tech heavy. Well, no, uh, 
I mean, Florida and North Carolina are in there. Either that, I mean, I don't know if they have office. I don't know how how big Bungie's is, but like, I'd assume it's maybe they have people there already. Yeah, and like offices. That's the only reason I could. Think it could of. be they're like expanding out from their main offices. So, if they yeah. do need you to come into the office, like if this doesn't work, then at least they're not you know hiring someone across the country. Right. Exactly. But I think it's cool. You know, God, I wish I could work from uh, work Don't from we home. all? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it's cool. Um, and definitely, hopefully, other companies will start seeing this as just, hey, if the, pers- if the person working in Plyne can still do their job while at home, what's the point? Just bring right. them the same. You, you know, save money like, already on, you know, the infrastructure of it all. And you don't lose anything. Like, it, it just opens up your job pool. Uh, without really losing anything in the long run. I mean, totally makes sense. Yeah, does doesn't seem any different to me. Okay. Uh let's move on to Sonic and Roblox. Um there is uh a new Sonic game cur- currently playable on Roblox. Sega of America has teamed up with Roblox developer GameFam to release a licensed Sonic the Hedgehog game to that platform. Uh, this happened four days ago, on April 14th. We'll be able to dash their way through Sonic Speed Simulator on Roblox for free. Uh, Sonic Speed Simulator is an open-world online multiplayer game where you play as either your Roblox avatar or Sonic and friends. The Speed Simulator will have players leveling up their pace of their character by taking in as many in-game systems as possible by collecting special items like Chaos Orbs, the game is free download on Roblox app, which is runs on pretty much everything uh, except for like PS4 and Switch. Uh, the game arrives just after the release of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The game will launch in four different areas, including the checkered landscape of Green Hill, Fifth uh, Zone, and other additional additions like bosses will come in a later update. Roblox games are generally known for the Lego minifigure-like avatars. However, in Sonic Speed Simulator, players can unlock skins that allow them to play as a true-to-franchise 3D models of Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. The game also comes with unique Sonic-themed items for your avatar, including Chaos Child Pets that you can adopt in-game. Uh, and uh, got a little interview. Part of the challenge of bringing Sonic Speed to the light, its developer said it was balanced in the norms of te- uh, technical limitations of a platform like Roblox with making a game based on a AAA franchise. GameFam CEO Joe Fernandez told Polygon that Sega helped push the production of the value of Sonic Speed Simulator so it looked like it felt like a Sonic game. Uh, when, you get the sp- when you get that speed, this game feels like Sonic. Uh, he said in an interview, that is something our producers, designers, and animators knew how to do, but we needed Sega's expert on Sonic's guidance. Previously, GameFam has teamed up with other brands like Mattel and Ubisoft to create experiences on Roblox in 2020. The company released an open-world Hot Wheels driving called Hot Wheels Open <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Even though, even though it's on Roblox, Fern's hope is Sonic fans will give Sonic Speed Simulator a chance. Uh, and... Pretty much, I think a lot of Sonic fans are happy with this, and even throwing shade at Frontiers. I'm like, how am I more excited for Frontiers? You have not seen anything of yeah. Frontiers. That's why. Which, okay, say it like for real. Come on, give us more information on Frontiers, please. It's come out this, this year. This does actually look pretty good. I think this looks. Yeah, for like a you know, obviously Roblox. I, I like. I know. I'm not. I'm, I'm familiar with Roblox just too because I work in a toy aisle. Like kids talking about all the time. But like from a game standpoint, like people have made shit in that. Um, they look they look pretty credible. So I, I and I, I love that Sega continues to be like the more fan not you know this is was fan, but like licensing out Sonic to other things to help it better, like, you know, li- basically licensing out the character 
to make this basically a brand new 3D Sonic game you could play for free right now. Yeah, they've definitely uh, been doing this with Sonic since the 90s. Like, uh, for 3D Blast and Sonic R, they uh, licensed Sonic out for uh, uh, to Traveler's Tales to develop those games. So this is honestly nothing new. I honestly haven't seen anything in Roblox myself, but from what I'm seeing from this uh, fan simulator in-engine, it actually looks pretty good. I think I saw something on... I might be totally off base here, but I think I saw something on Twitter about a few of the people that developed this were making, like, a Sonic fan game. And I don't know if they're still doing it or not, but, like, that basically led to them building this game in Roblox, which is really cool. It's like it's like Christian Whitehead all over again. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, funny enough, I was going to propose that as a topic one day is talk about, like, fan games, but, like, Sonic is well-known for its dedicated fan game community and it's like there's you know very very fun ones there's a whole contest dedicated around uh sonic fan games in the yeah, fall the sonic it's great contest is great there's lots of good uh so, submissions there so yeah uh 3d and 2d otherwise so shout out to roblox and sega of america for coming together for this just in time like that's perfect promotion it's almost as if we could have had an official sega of japan sonic origins collection release Right around this yeah. time, guys. Any minute now. Actually, that did leak via PSN earlier today. Not newsworthy, but definitely something to mention. Like, give me the damn collection. Give me Sonic Three and Knuckles with widescreen support. Yeah, right. Please, damn it. Please. This, this kind of this kind of feels like that uh, Mega Man uh, Cross Street Fighter game that uh, that Capcom just kind of swooped up and, and put out as their anniversary celebration yeah. or whatever. It's like, oh crap, we forgot. Uh, uh, here's this fan thing. Let's throw it in Roblox and call it a day. Yeah, to be fair, that fan game was actually really good for like a, a fan Mega Man game. Um, it is, yeah. That was that was really, that was really good. Um, and <laughs> all right, let's move on. Shout out to Roblox to Travis Touchdown. Um, and pretty much this is uh, confirmation that uh, No More Heroes uh, Three is coming to all platforms outside of Switch uh, this fall. So it looks like no it's not going to be a forever cons- console exclusive. But it's going to be released on all consoles, which is cool. Kind of surprising, um, you know. I mean, I thought this was—I I think so. I, well, I thought this was another one of those yeah, things where, like, I, Nintendo I, helped fund it, like you know, Bayonetta. Yeah, for sure. That's what I thought too. Uh, so maybe they had a different deal. Um, you know, maybe they—they they, it was only like a one-year agreement or something. Um, it, it feels but, like uh, that because I, they definitely uh, shipped. Um, uh, the No More Heroes spinoff, the game that came before this, Travis Strikes Again, on PS4 and Xbox. Oh, did uh, they? On the same year that game came out. Yeah, I got it on sale a few of uh, last year. Okay. So I know for sure that's a thing. I'm honestly curious to see, because I, I don't really care about No More Heroes in general, but I'm curious to see how much better it looks on the other consoles. I know it had some some graphical and performance issues on Switch. Um, yeah, it's pretty janky on Switch, so hopefully the performance is better in these new reports. Yeah, it could be actually worth well, playing. Um, it, let's see how well optimized right. it gets. You know, you never know, right? Um, but shout out to that. Uh, I still want to play No More Heroes on on Switch. I still need to play the second one, to be honest with you. Um, it's and then fine. go to the third one. I've talked about it before. Okay, so yeah, and it's getting physical <laughs> releases too on PS5, PS4. Uh, and uh, and pretty much if you have it on Xbox, it works on everything, um, on other consoles. Okay, 
So, these... We got some movie news! We got some movie news, ladies and gentlemen! Guys, are you ready? Are you ready? This summer, Jason Momoa is Minecraft Steve. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Jason this is the Momoa... Uh, actually, funny enough, there was apparently Minecraft was to come out like this year. Like they had announced it, and like, it was to come out this year, but they nothing happened. Uh, Jason Momoa is, is in Final Negotiations stars <laughs> in the Minecraft movie from Warner Brothers. Um, uh, do producer uh, Mary Parent and Roy Lee will produce with Jill Messick receiving a posthumous producing credit for developing the film before her death in 2018. Executive producers include John Berg. Kale Boiter and John's—I'm not going to pronounce that last name because that doesn't look. Bats. Right. The video game hails from Sweden's Mojang Studios, with Mojang's Lydia Winters and Vubui also producing the film. Uh, of course, talking about Minecraft. I—if this isn't a Jason Momoa, the movie—I need it to be. Jason Momoa is just a normal dude, and he gets sucked into Minecraft. I need that to how it happens. Because I was assumed Minecraft is an isekai. So, like, he's Minecraft. still a normal guy, but everything else is Minecraft quality. Okay. Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm, yes. I'm in for that. And like, they're, they're these yeah. blocky characters, and they're like, "What is your body? What are like?" They're like rubbing his abs. What you? They're like, it'll basically just yeah. be a Muppet sketch. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, my favorite thing is that yep. it's it's coming from the director of Napoleon Dynamite. Gosh, that's. <laughs> It's kind of I mean, perfect. That's that's pretty, yeah. And the thing with Minecraft is you could do anything mm-hmm. with the story because there's definitely like lore. Like you have the Ender Dragon, you have the Nether, you have the the there's a weird fish one, uh, underwater one. I can't remember what it's called. Um, the Wither. Like you have stuff in there to play with it. You could literally do anything you want with it. Minecraft is a, a blank slate. It's it's a do whatever you want kind of game. You just ha- I, you just have to have the crafting, the noises. Zombies, just put that shit in there, which you, they can. That's easy. Zombie. And uh, listen, I love Jason Momoa. I will see a Minecraft. I, I don't play Minecraft actively, but I will admit how fun that mm-hmm. game can be if you're into it. Um, just like Fortnite. Um, just, hey, uh, other millennials, just because it's for Gen Z doesn't mean you have to be a, a, a sourpuss about it all the fucking time. Stop it. Um, I'm down, especially just because of Jason Momoa. I love him. Yeah, just let him react to crazy. I want to see, I want to see Jason Momoa single handedly with his bare arms take on the Ender Dragon. I want to see that. He could totally that do that. Place. Have him suplex mm-hmm. the Ender Dragon. Yes. Uh, okay. Shout out to no, no word on a release date, but I'm pretty sure at least like next three or four. It's days been in development for like five years already. So I mean. Do we really need a release date? I and mean, now they have a, yeah. Well, now we have a star attached. We didn't have anybody attached sure. before, so there's that. Uh, next up, though, is some really exciting news. Here's the real shit. Uh, Streets of Rage movie announced with the genre creator named as the scriptwriter. Nice. So obviously, Sega is like, hey, the Sonic movie money is really good. We have other franchises. And I've been talking... Sega has found box office... I didn't read the article that said that. Uh, a Street Fighter film is an ad, uh, adaptation in works and some of the rather big names attached to it. Most impressive is the inclusion of John Wick creator Derek Colstead, 
who has penned the script for who has penned the script for Streets of Rage, Sonic producer DJ Two Entertainment, and Escape Artist Equalized Franchise will produce the film adaptation. No other details yet, but pretty much, I've been telling, I've been talking with Low every time we shoot Streets of Rage or just in our chats. Like we, I could, we could make a low budget because Streets of Rage does not require should not require the biggest. It doesn't need a Sonic level budget. Um, the most location just because. You know, you gotta get, uh, I can't remember what the city is called. I know it's supposed to be, like, Oakland, I think. Um, you know, uh, but, like, just get good actors who can do their own stunts, get the costumes right, they're not, they're, don't fuck up Blaze, I swear to God, you better not fuck up Blaze. Um, I'm excited. The action's gonna look cool, do cool moves, it's gonna be It would basically be like The Raid, which that guy did before John Wick. Yeah, Exactly. Um, except just across, like, instead of going, like, up, like, up a building, it's, like, across yeah. the city. Uh, and stuff like in that. the streets. It, it's... Mm, streets of rage. Yeah, in the, of rage. Exactly. Um, yeah. Tyler, you and I need a tag team for the classic Streets of Rage games at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, These games are pretty much just uh, uh, 80s action movies in video game form anyway, so they're prime for movie adaptations. I'm just surprised yeah. they haven't done those yet. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I kept... Me and Lo kept talking about like, oh, Netflix could do like a low, but like again, a low budget Streets of Rage. Just get the costumes right, and people will will flip shit. Like it's not like Streets of Rage has those iconic iconic locations that you'll recognize in game, but I couldn't name them to save my life. It's 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 Cody, it's 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 uh, Alex, and Blaze, Axel, Axel. Yeah, um, Cody's final fight, Axel. bro. That's right. I'm already getting my wires crossed. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm mostly excited to see a live action Blaze because um, I, I think that I think that's gonna be if great. If they get Just that casting right, her. ooh boy. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Move on, move along. Beside me, night one, we have a new queen of live action female adapted characters uh, for a video game, um, but we'll see who it is. We'll be, I'll be watching developments of this game movie very very closely. I need to know who Blaze right. is because I I want to do some fan uh, casting. Blaze, Blaze Fielding, uh, that's her full name. Um, she's a fiery Latina. At least I assume she is. I just always took it for her. Oh, Latina. so get um, uh, yeah. if you look at her. Uh, what's her name? Gina. Are you thinking of the chicken Brooklyn? Brooklyn? No, but that would be good too. Uh, what is it? Gina Rodriguez, I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gina Rodriguez. She'd be great. Visually, yeah, I could definitely see it, and she's young enough because I, if they're gonna be adapting Streets of Rage one, I would like the characters to be like how they are in the game, and like they're portrayed as like in their early twenties, like starting mm-hmm. on the police force, and they've been on there maybe for a couple years, but then they're they're starting to see the corruption from the other cops and stuff like that. So, and she definitely looks like she could be it, and definitely like I'm not gonna say any actress can't do it. Because anybody can work out and look badass. I mean, she's already pretty badass. You know, so Have you seen can, Annihilation? Yeah. Uh, I, that was so long ago and I, I forgot she was in it, dog. It's a whole ensemble cast of women yeah. in that one. And I only remember Natalie Portman because she had the fucked up uh, trippy ending at the end. It's only because I even remember mm. she's in that movie. Um, but yeah, okay. I, 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 I could co-sign Gina Rodriguez as, uh, as Blaze. That'd be cool. I could see her in that. 
you know, the top and the jacket and the yeah. 80s headband. Have it be a period piece. Like, actually set it in the 80s, like the late 80s. Like, yeah, the, right. The, the, other, other requirement. Get the original composer to do the music. The one sin... I'm going to spoil Sonic 2 for you guys, so I'm sorry. The one sin Sonic 2 makes is it doesn't include any video game music. Yeah. Well, it, it, it does have it, but you have to listen very closely. Streets of Rage has some of the best music on the Sega Genesis. Don't fight me. You guys know this. Get the original composer to fucking mix that shit. And you know it can sound good. Please make the music for this movie. And you know it can sound good because of how they did this. They, They basically modernized it for Streets of Rage 4. Enough of that. So there you go. Streets of Rage movie and development, and I'm very excited. Ha! Last bit of news, which may or may not have some people excited on this podcast. It looks like a Game Boy slash GBA emulator has leaked for Switch Online. Uh-oh. Ooh. Um, the Switch Online service got expanded last year, of course, with the 64 at Genesis. But it looks like we're going to get some more stuff. Uh, these editors are for the Game Boy Advance and the original Game Boy, respectively. Similarly developed by Nerd, Nintendo's Eternal uh, team that has created previous images for the system. Uh, and then there's even an image here um, that has some of the uh, emulators running in some of the games. Um, uh, I see Pokemon Pinball. Um, Super Robot Tyson, Ninja 5 Tactics Mario Ogre. Advance. Tec- uh, Golden Sun. Golden Sun, yeah. Um, so, Super Mario uh, Brothers some... DX is at the bottom there. I recognize that screen. Yeah. Solid, like solid starting lineup. If this is real. Yeah, if it if it is real. Uh, remember, there was that N sixty four leak. That's a Golden was in there, and that has yet to come out yet. So, I think it's um, on the list. If it is, if that even, yeah. So I think it's cool. Um, I think many of us thought that this was going to happen. With the N64 one, or at least happened before the N64 one with, with Switch Online. But if you could tell me, I could, like, uh, I could tell you a game that they won't put on there for a long time is Link's Awakening. That's the one I know they won't put on there. Yeah. Either the original or the Game Boy, because they want people to buy yeah. the new one. Which is the definitive version of the game, just... honestly. Um, yeah. But I, I could see it being, like, you know, they, they want to get their money. So, like, they're going to stagger this stuff out as much as possible. Um, of course, like they've always, like they've been doing for the past five right. years now. So, like they they don't want to overshadow the N sixty four and Mega Drive stuff by immediately putting the GBA stuff on there. They're gonna give that a few months to build its library, which they probably should have built it more by now. But you know, the point is stands, yeah. and then they're going to start you know building the GBA library. Um, so I'd say probably summertime, like you know if they do some kind of. Obviously, we're not having E3, but if they do some kind of summer direct, that seems like a good time to drop a new console. I would say so. I just hope the price doesn't increase no. for the online. There's no, I, I don't think they'll increase it. Like I can see them increasing it for GameCube, yeah. stuff a little bit, maybe ten bucks, but not for not for this. All right, uh, pick one game from one from Game Boy, Game Boy Advance that you would like to see as part of the launch lineup. Uh, Justin, because I think you already know which one you're going to pick. I mean, seeing the like, are you talking about the games that are listed here? No, it, just, just, just if wishful thinking. 
what's a game that may not may or may not be on this list that you would like to see on okay. the launch lineup? Because it, it, it is just rumor at this point, so it, it may not be true. Uh, my answer might surprise you, but uh, Minish Cap. Yeah. GBA? What about for Game Boy? Oh. Uh, br- 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 yeah. uh, Mario 2. Six Golden Coins. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. I've really been wanting to replay that, and so if it dropped on that, I would do it day one. Like, I I have a ROM of it, but it's not the same. Yeah. I have it on my 3DS. Uh, Tyler, what GBA, what one uh, GB game you would love to see on launch day? Um, I would actually kind of want to see Pokemon Red and Blue. I I figured that would probably be, like, Hmm. an obvious choice. Uh, Probably not day one, but it would probably be inevitable. Uh, For Game Boy Advance, this is probably a long shot. I want to see Sonic Advance. Like, okay. that game oh, hasn't that been be... re-released in any capacity. Um, so, it would be really cool to see those games on a modern console. I don't think that's a long shot. Oh. Probably. No, they have a partnership with Sega, and, you know, they're put, we, we know they can put, they'll put third-party games if they have a relationship with them. Like, there's, there's Namco stuff on the mm-hmm. NES one, and... Um, so I mean, there's the it, whole it, Sega awesome. Sega Mega Drive thing on there. Like, they have a good relationship with Sega yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mine for Game Boy uh, is going to be... I just had it. Oh, God. Why did I lose it? Oh, Donkey Kong 94. Okay. Nice. Um, which is basically, like, a... To me, it's the best version of the classic arcade Donkey Kong game with way more levels and and include include the borders from the mm. Super NES. Include the borders too. Do that. You can, I know you guys can do that. Gavin, so is it. Yeah, they almost have um, to do like the the Super Super Game Boy versions yeah. of these games. Yeah, right. Uh, make us uh, draw that or just, shit. I mean, they. I'm or they just give us the same black Ugh. borders that we Boo. always get with. It's right there, though. Probably. What I know, I know. You would think that maybe they would have to do that with maybe not with the GBA. Even though I know you could play the GBA through the TV with your. Well, there was GameCube, like yeah, there was like a Super Game Boy too for the GameCube. Yeah, um, but uh, who knows? I would like because I like. I remember I remember seeing a VHS commercial for the Super Game Boy and how like oh you can change all the patterns and the colors yeah. and uh, and that stuff was really dope. Um, I never had one officially, but or at least I had one. Didn't have enough GameCube games, to, uh, or not GameCube, uh, Game Boy games to test them out. Of. Uh, as for Game Boy Advance, um, oh well, what game? What game? What game indeed? Um, <laughs> fuck, I don't know actually because I was gonna say Golden Sun. I'm gonna just say Golden Sun. I mean, yeah, that's coming. Um, I know, I, 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 know, I know it's coming, but like, <sighs> I don't want to say it because. If it shows up on there, that means the idea of a remaster is probably not going to happen. And I would really love for Golden Sun 1 and 2 to get made into one game. That's like my ultimate dream game. Or one of my ultimate dream games. Um, I mean, that would be amazing. Um, that'll probably... Yeah. Here's the, here's a long shot. Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Yes! There wow. There's the long yes. shot. There it is. That's the long shot. I love that game. Um, it was like the best Diablo clone back then. Have. Yeah, I didn't know it was Diablo clone. I just remember loving it because it was... Lord of the Rings. Um, Wasn't there a Lord of the Rings game that was here. literally just Final Fantasy X? Yeah. That's, the Third that's, Age. Uh, uh, the Third Age, which... EA, what do I have to do to... Uh, it's the licensing. Yeah. Fucking licensing fees, man. Um, fucking hell. Um, so there you go. Alright, all right, guys. Uh, well, speaking of sort of classic games, we're gonna... Uh, one game just passed its 30th anniversary 
for um, uh, in North America, and that is da 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 a link to the past. Recently celebrated its 30th anniversary, launching in 1992. Um, so we're gonna basically talk about the game. Obviously, not the most uh, critically pushing, the most like genre pushing Zelda that could uh, that's gonna go to Zelda One in Ocarina of Time. But definitely for a lot of people our age, this is the Zelda game that we all were first introduced to. The try, and this is where a lot of the game's sort of staples of the franchise came from. So I'm gonna go around the table. First memory of A Link to the Past, and Justin's listening to the music of the commercial. Do y'all before I go back to Justin? If you you probably have already seen it, but do yourselves a favor, go watch the Japanese. Um, Super Famicom commercial for A Link to the Past. It's great. Uh, I don't know uh, Zelda 2's actual, or uh, its Japanese name, but I know it's more badass than A Link to the Past. Um, but uh, Justin, first memories of A Link to the Past from you, you're, you were a uh, This commercial. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> what I, sorry, real quick. What I love about this commercial is that it has, it has <laughs> no gameplay footage in it at all. <laughs> no. It doesn't need it. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so my, I actually have a, a long history with this game. Um, it, it kind it, it's going to sound weird, like, cause it's not my favorite Zelda game at all, but it kind of like raised me as a kid. Um, I had like, I think I've said before, I spent a lot of time as a kid at my aunt's house, uh, like on weekends and I was supposed to be at my dad's, um, because he lived with her. And she had a regular Nintendo, and by most of the time I went over there, she had a Super Nintendo. Um, I think they got that in like ninety four, ninety five, something like that. So most of the most of the time, you know, there was a Super Nintendo, and pretty much every like about all I played on it was Link to the Past, Mega Man X, um, Donkey Kong Country three, and Super Metroid, with a little bit of Tetris Attack in there. Uh, usually in multiplayer. Um, so, like, I had dabbled in Zelda 1 and did not like Zelda 2 um, on NES. But Link to the Past was, like, when my love of Zelda became real. Um, my brother and I would kind of, like, like we would swap off playing and, and talk about the game. And, like, it was, it was, a, it was a formative part of my childhood. I remember... Um, because we didn't have a Super Nintendo yet, uh, we built the, I think it was the second, like, you know, that, that desert dungeon. Uh, we built it out of Legos and tried to, like, you know, run through the dungeon, like, from memory, basically. Uh, because we didn't own the game. And, like, it, it was all Zelda all the time back then. Um, in our heads. And it was just, I don't know, it was, it was a, it was a special time. Um, because, I think it was because I didn't personally own it and I could only play it like every other weekend or whatever when I was over there. Um, and there were a few times when like my cousin who like the super Nintendo belonged to, um, would start a new game and like save over mine and have to start over. So like I played through the first part of that game so many times. There's three save files, dickhead. What are you doing? Well, my aunt had a save file and then he had a save file and then I had a save file. Um, and so I think it was just like he wanted to have two save files. <laughs> I know. But it was his system. Like, what, what was I going to do? Um, True. 
so yeah, like my my relationship with that game goes back a very long time, uh, and just Zelda in general. Um, but you're talking about first memories, so I will stop there and pass the baton. Tyler. Unfortunately, um, my history with A Link to the Past doesn't go as deep as Justin, but I do recall seeing... This is actually the first Zelda game I ever saw in action uh, when I was visiting uh, my friend's house who had the Super Nintendo. Uh, We would play Mega Man X. We would play uh, Turtles in Time. Uh, we would play Balls 3D for some fucking <laughs> reason. Oh, Balls 3D. Uh, and uh, one of the other games that they had was Link to the Past. Uh, but since everyone in that household was super garbage at video games, I didn't really see much of the game uh, past the first quote-unquote dungeon. Um, I didn't really get to fully experience this game until I got it on WiiWare back in the mid to late 2000s. I can't remember exactly when. But that was when... But at that time, I already had my uh, fill with a whole bunch of other Zelda games. The first being Ocarina of Time, since I got that game in like a garage sale or something. And yeah, I appreciate A Link to the Past for being one of the first Zelda games to like introduce me to the franchise as a whole. And it's one of those games that that I just can't erase from my subconscious. So, for me, uh, my first memory, because I was only two when this game came out, so this was like maybe like 95, 96, but we were still living in uh, closer to a different... Uh, before I moved into my home, that what I would go to high school and everything like that. And I remember late at night, I think, I think we got it for Christmas that year, and my dad was playing it. And I remember it being a very stormy night. And, of course, I remember being very scared of A Link to the Past as a kid because it starts off dark and stormy night. Um, your, your uncle is going off, and then all of a sudden, and it has that that like, poor... I think this game kind of made me fear <laughs> thunderstorms as a kid. It's just so intimidating. It's, like, not, like... Uh, 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 Ocarina of Time starts off all cheerful and shit, you know, you know, in cookery, um, in the forest and everything like that. But um, I remember being super scared of the knight with the big chainsaw at the end. Not chainsaw, the the, the mace at the end. Um, God, somebody mod at to be a be a chainsaw just twirling <laughs> chainsaw on a cha- on a um, stick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then I learned that oh, you just chuck the pots at him. And he's a bitch. Um, uh, so I remember being super intimidated by it, and it wasn't actually until years later. Uh, that I did it, but like I, rem- I remember mostly watching my dad, you know, climb up the ta- the, the the Tower of Terra, um, Tower of Hera, Her- Tower of Hera, Ta- Hera, Tower of Terra, Terra, uh, different tower. Um, you know, I rem- I don't remember. It. I remember when I first played it, and it confused me when I got the game years later. I remember picking up my dad's save file and starting in the Golden Realm, <laughs> and not knowing like what the f- what. The- Everything's killing me. Where do I go? And then starting the game back because uh, I remember uh, this is this is one of my first memories. Coming home and just my dad went to go to the restroom, or whatever. And if you if you go by uh, the, the the gate in uh, on the way to Hyrule Castle, that gate is a transformation gate. And I distinctly remember that's like my one of my first ever memories is going in that gate and going into the golden. I'm like, wait, how did I get in here? 
what the hell? And I, I, I remember when I played it years later that, like, I tried, like, wait, this isn't supposed to transform? I kept thought I was losing my, like, oh, I haven't hit that point yet. But it was, that stuck with me so much. I didn't see iconic stuff like, you know, Ganon or the Master Sword, but something about it hooked me to the point where, like, I was anticipating Ocarina of Time later on. So that's sort of, that's my first memory. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and and um, and talk about what did this game make you a Zelda fan or not? Was this the game that said yes? I'm a fan of this series. I want to play every other game forward, or it, or was it a later game that happened for you? Just I'd argue I was already a Zelda fan because, like I said, I I did play a lot of Zelda one and a little bit of Zelda two, and I think by the time I played Link to the Past. I already owned Link's Awakening because I had a Game Boy before I had an SNES, um, and so I probably owned that game even before my aunt had Link to the Past. I'm not sure. Um, timelines are confusing there because, like, it's technically the fourth game, but like we got SNES late, so I don't know. Um, but it definitely like it solidified why I was a Zelda fan. Um, like, despite it not being my favorite Zelda game. It is easily the one that set the formula of Zelda games. Um, and, like, looking back, it's, like, there's still the thing I appreciate about it the most is its consistency. Um, it doesn't have any of the best dungeons. It actually has a few of the worst. Um, but it, you know, it created that concept of, you know, you have the overworld, you go into each dungeon, you find... Granted, you know, the first game did that to an extent, but... It's it's that argument of, you know, when we, we when we talked about Final Fantasy job systems. It's like, sure, Final Fantasy one had a job system, but three is the one that like you know, made it a job system. Is is what you were saying. It's that same mechanic of like one had the overworld and dungeons, but three made that the gameplay loop. Um It's it's what people look back at as like I think when the Zelda formula was created, uh, it's become a staple since then. The two worlds yeah. dynamic, and honestly, like as a kid, I I would quit when I get to the Dark World. I still don't like it as much as an adult. Um, I like those first three dungeons and exploring the Light World, and then when you have to go into the Dark World, I'm like, eh, I guess you're very much like me. But like that's how I am with the World of Ruin with Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, very similar. I will tolerate uh, uh, the Golden Realm over over uh, World of Ruin. Dark though, World. So that's the difference. Dark World, whatever. I keep thinking Golden Realm because it technically is, but it's corrupted by yeah, Ganon. But right, uh, it's a it's a fact. So so chat. But it's like you know, link between worlds. I also prefer Hyrule to Low Rule. It's just like that that dark world that like you you have to kind of transfer between to get around. You can't like you can't free explore the world. You know, like it's cut off. And so you have to go back to the light world, find a portal into the dark world again in order to, like, continue on. It just, it feels too just disjointed and I don't like it as much. Um, but the question was Zelda fan. Right. So, uh, Link to the Past was, I think, what solidified me as a Zelda fan. Um, it's like, oh, this wasn't just a fluke. Because, you know, I liked the first game, but it was very simple. Like, as, as a kid, it's like, I didn't really know any better, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. 
but like it was a pretty simple loop. Um, two I didn't like, and I was like, okay, well maybe I just I just like that one game. And the link pass was like, oh no, I actually really like this series. That's great. Um, but it wasn't my first Zelda game, so there's that. Tyler. I recall when I saw this game being played as briefly as I did uh, back in my childhood, I thought the game looked cool, but it was one of those games where I was super terrified of RPGs back when I was a kid, because <laughs> I was super bad at games anyway, and uh, just committing a whole bunch of time and effort into a role-playing game uh, was incredibly daunting back then. So, the idea of having, like, a game like this uh, scared me, so I kind of put off on it. Uh, but when I got older, I sort of got over that fear, and I kind of forgot about this game uh, up until I got Oc- Ocarina of Time on N64, which I got at a flea market um, back in, like, early 2000, I think. I think we got it for, like, 10 bucks, which is a fucking steal by today's standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't properly play through A Link to the Past uh, until I got it on WiiWare, uh, as I mentioned already. And uh, I did get pretty far, uh, but once again, once I got to the Dark World, I got through a good portion of it, but I kind of stopped midway through, because the dungeons are kind of bleh. As for making me a Zelda fan, it Link to the Past didn't really sell me when I first saw it. It was actually Ocarina that kind of did. Partially Super Smash Brothers, in a way, because that was my jam back in my childhood. Like, the only reason I learned about some of these older games was through Smash Brothers and Melee. So, like, the game's good. Didn't really make me a Zelda fan at the get-go, though. So, for me, it was. um, Just because it was the first one, I think... Uh, and it was the one that made me excited for Ocarina. Um, I don't have too many memories of the Dark World, but I do remember just exploring the Light World um, and just messing with messing with shit and just loving the music. Like I think this is one of the very similar to the other games. Like this is one of the games that made me appreciate video game music. Like that overall music is so great. Again, I never played Zelda one for the NES, so this is the first time I'm I'm hearing that stuff for the first time. Um, it was fantastic. Um, and, and just the idea of like, cause most of the time what I played when I was a kid was like, you know, beat em ups, you know, fighting games. Like this is one of the first, this and Super Metric were one of the first like adventure games that I played. And that, that level of freedom of like if trying to discover, well, as a kid, admittedly frustrating. I think it probably put something down in my brain complex to where like, you know, 30 years later, I like. That's what I want out of a game. I want to go to nook and crannies and find shit and find secrets and and, and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's it's super simple, but it, it worked at the time. And obviously, playing and then having since then played a little bit of the original, and then this makes me appreciate this a lot more because it's just a better version in terms of phys- in terms of just pure mechanics uh, uh, than Zelda One. You know, you know, just a refined version of it. Um. So, obviously, Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, is known for its iconic weapons, and it pretty much introduced, like, in the first weapon you had, in the first game you had the sword, the shield, 
the 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 rings. That was about it. You didn't have anything real. The 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 bow and arrow, yeah, stuff like that. In this game, you got introduced pretty much like okay, Link's a fucking walking arsenal chest, ready to go to war <laughs> any moment. And I leave the past to some of the iconic weapons that have still continued to the series to this day. So I'm gonna ask you guys, favorite weapon? If you could keep one weapon for Link to use in every single Zelda game going forward that started in this game, what would it be, Justin? I think I know what your answer is. I actually think the uh, the item selection is one of the weakest elements of Link to the Past because so few of them are actually needed for most things outside of like one you know overworld side mission or whatever. You got a piece of heart, like the the cane of Samaria, the magic cape, the cane of Burma, like. The um, the battalions. There's so many things that are just expendable, um, and especially like having played randomizers and stuff so much, it's kind of frustrating how many things you only need like once, but you might need them once. And so if you don't get them in the randomizer, you're still screwed, like that kind of thing. But to answer your question, um, the one item I would like to see in every game, but like you know, done better. I think is actually the, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to change my answer last minute. Um, I think it's the hookshot. Uh, it's, I'm it's not. already a staple. Well, let me, let me get back to that. It's already a, a staple item. Um, it doesn't generally work as well in 2D games. Um, that's the one area I kind of wish they could do a little bit better. Like, I think about Tunic, where, like, you can move... You know, you can use it in a 3D space, even though it's kind of a top-down game. Um, but in a lot of Zelda games, it's just... You have to get up a floor just to shoot it, you know, across a gap. Instead of being able to, like, point it diagonally like you can in the 3D games. Um, so if they could make it work a little bit better, I'd like to see it more. But what I was going to say was the Can of Samaria, because I forgot that it's um, it's not the the item I was thinking of. So, um, Minish Cap introduces the cane of something. The cane of sugar. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, no, it's basically, it's a, it's a cane. That, I think it also has the cane of Samaria, but, um, or no, that's in one of the Game Boy games. But yeah, there's a, there's a new cane in Minish Cap that, uh, basically lets you flip things. And, in general, I think Minish Cap uses items really well uh, in, like, a lot of diverse ways, because there's fewer of them that you get in the game, but, like, you can use them in um, in a lot more creative ways for puzzle solving. Um, and so I was thinking of that cane, forgetting that it was different than the one that was in Link to the Past. So, ignore me. But yeah, hookshot. Tyler. My original answer was also going to be the hookshot, but so now I'm going to go with my backup answer, uh, the Pegasus boots. Mm. Uh, going fast um, to, to make you attack things and uh, jump through obstacles is a really neat addition that was introduced in this game, and I don't think that it's been further expanded upon. I think... In Not Ocarina, in 3D. It hasn't yeah, been in, in 3D. In time, it's definitely different. Um... Like the hover That's boots. That's why Breath of the Wild 2 is delayed. They're trying to do the Pegasus boots in 3D for the first time. But yeah, having um, 
speed-oriented uh, puzzle solving, uh, a la Super Metroid, um, is a really neat addition. Like, just being able to go fast to maneuver through stuff is something I always uh, find catharsis in. You know, as a retro Sonic fan, I find uh, I find it therapeutic just to speed through shit. So, there we go. Pegasus boots. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Mine is going to be the Master Sword. I mean, I'm kidding. Of course, it's... <laughs> um, no, mine is the, invi- ca- the Cape of Invisibility. Um, because I think, especially as... Especially 3D Zelda games have emphasized the idea of stealth. I think it would be really cool and to have that as a mechanic. And, like, ha- like an idea to, like, change it, you know? Basically make, make have your game be a Metal Gear Solid section. Almost, or like how how fun you can sneak past like high level enemies in in the open field. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. Plus, you can make the cape like look really badass too. Um, I think that would be really neat. I thought about putting it as the Cane of Samaria because I love the whole idea that you can make the Ice Palace a fucking joke just by having that one uh, weapon. Um, which, if you've never played the game before, get the Cane of Samaria dungeon first and then go to the Ice Palace. You'll thank yourself a lot later. Um, Otherwise, you'd be going around and around and around. So yeah, that's that's my answer. Is is the cape? Uh, speaking of dungeons, um, obviously, Justin, you are not a fan of these dungeons, but there's gotta be one dungeon you kind of like, right? Well, I, I I decide I don't think any of these dungeons are the best. Like, there's some really good Zelda dungeons out there, and some of the other games, and none of these stand out. Um, whereas I do think that a few of them, uh, you know, cough cough skull dungeon. Um, are among the worst of any Zelda game. But if I had to pick one that I actually, like, really enjoy... Well, there's not one I really enjoy. But if I had to pick one that is better than the others, um, it would probably be... Uh, Blinds... What, what, do you, what are the, what's it called? Um, Blinds Hideout, I think? Oh, the Thieves, thieves Hideout. Hideout. Yeah. The Thieves Hideout in, in Kakarino. Yeah. yeah. Because it is at least unique. Um, it's still not an amazingly designed dungeon. Um, a lot of the the uh, puzzles and things like that in Link to the Past are just a little bit obtuse. Um, but there's nothing inherently bad in that dungeon. And it's got some cool elements where you have to, like bomb certain spots to uh let the light down into the boss room um that kind of like wraps you around it kind of reminds me of like uh eagle tower in link's awakening where that one has you like throwing uh throwing balls at the uh the pillars to like drop the tower down multiple levels in order to get to the top this is kind of a similar element where it's like the boss room is easily accessible but there's nothing there until you, you know, finish the puzzle of the dungeon to, like, create the element needed for the boss to show up. Um, so that's kind of neat. I just, I think it's done better, like, in Link Between Worlds, for example. Um, pretty much all the dungeons are done better in Link Between Worlds, but... Um, and even the worst ones aren't as bad as the ones in Link to the Past. Um, but yeah, that would be my answer. Tyler. Like, the only dungeon that <clears throat> I can really think of at the top of my head is 
literally the first one. I think it's called the Eastern Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, just the impression that it gives off, and seeing it a lot during my youth of just me being a passerby at my friend's house is permanently ingrained in my brain. Like uh, getting the bow, uh, the fucking Igor monsters, like those things freaked me out as a kid. Um, like the dungeon itself is pretty simple. It's the first one, but it's the one that I remember the most fondly. So yeah, there's my answer. Mine is gonna be kind of cheap, but mine's is uh, Ganon's Tower. Uh, in in the last one, just because it. Not to hate on modern games a little bit, but back in the day the final dungeon would always be like a big test of your skills and not to say that you need that nowadays but it was always something like okay everything that you learn everything that you dealt with get ready to deal with it 10 times fold and Ganon Sour in that one um, in Death Mountain which is also really really cool and how it's shrouded in the fucking thing um, you can ex- like it was it was super super cool um, I always like that it, it's I, I'll agree visually it's not the you know, it's not best looking, you know, it's kind of plain, you know, kind of looks like it's just like redone to high, persons of Hyrule Castle. But I always just liked it because of the challenge um, uh, and and just how intimidating it could be. And then, then the fight with Aghanim at, the, at basically the top of the tower until he flies out like a bat out of hell. I always thought that was really cool. Um, like a great way to, to, uh, to cap, almost cap the game until you actually fight Ganon himself. Um, you know, it, it, it even though you can't really do verticality in that sense, it really made me feel like you were climbing up these the the, the the this tower to go confront the ultimate evil, the thing you've been chasing since the beginning of this game. Um, that banished you to the fucking that's a memory will never leave me as fucking Link getting banished to the uh, to the to the dark world to the dark world for the first time getting turned to a bunny. <laughs> oh no, not to, not to a bunny, but um, just in general when you don't have the moon pearl. Um, I thought that was so sick. So yeah, Ganon's Tower is fine. Um, okay. So, uh... Anything else you want to talk about Link to the Past? Oh, plenty. But, um... I'll just kind of close off by saying, like... Like I said, as as a kid, I really did appreciate Link to the Past. Because I didn't know any better. Um, not saying that it's a bad game. I'm just saying, like... You know, back then, it was, like, amazing. Because it was the most recent Zelda game. Um, looking back... Like, it's it's never really been the top of my list, um, but it's also one that, like, you can get in and out of in a few hours. Like, it is a quick play, and there's something kind of satisfying in that. Like, to know it well enough that you can just kind of, you know, go through it like it's, it's comfort food, um, it means it's still generally the one I go back to the most. Uh, partially because, like I said, it's quick, but also because I really like doing randomizers. And Link to the Past is the only one I really feel like I can beat a randomizer on. Um, and even, I mean, I've still gotten stuck a few times, but like, you know, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game. I will never do a randomizer of that game because getting all of the items is just a nightmare. Um, whereas like Link to the Past... Townskeeper are randomized. Yeah. Uh, Link to the Past, pretty easy. You can mostly find everything you need. And the dungeons go quick enough that, like, even the bad ones, you're not in it very long. Um, so, like, I've gained an, an adult appreciation for Link to the Past just from a modding standpoint more than anything. Uh, because, like, the modding community has done some really cool things with that game from, like, 
um, multi-world randomizers where like you can literally play it in multiplayer um, to you know the the combo randomizer with um, Link to the Past and Super Metroid together like we have to beat both games um, with items randomized between the two of them and I mean at one time I was actually going to do a video on um, why I like Link Between Worlds so much more than Link to the Past. And I replayed Link to the Past to get the footage for that. And then I started replaying Link Between Worlds, and I was like, this game is a lot slower than I remember. Like, I blew through Link, Link to the Past in, like, six hours, maybe? It's almost as if Link Between Worlds has the modern interpretations of slowing things down versus Link, Link to the exactly. Past is very much old, like, it's it's... That's what yeah yeah uh, yeah. So like, they're both good. I but, I enjoy yeah. playing between worlds more, but it's like it just it took so long to even get to the first dungeon that I I ended up like moving on to a different video idea um, before I even made it. But like, it's things like that that keep me coming back to Link to the Past because it's so just convenient and fast paced and like you're in and out. I don't know. It's it's definitely moved up the list. Um, it's not my favorite by any means, but it's moved up the list just because like I can appreciate what it does more, even though I don't like really love anything about it. It's just it's just good comfort food to go back and play. Ty, you got Tyler, anything? Final thoughts on the link to the up. Uh, yeah, I could barely hear whenever you call for me. Um, my final thoughts on uh, Link to the Past. It's not my favorite Zelda game, for sure. Um, I think Ooh. it's probably a tie between Ocarina of Time and uh, Twilight Princess, mostly because of <laughs> nostalgia. But it's definitely up there in the top five. Uh, I find that this is one of the easier games to go back to and just jump in uh, and just have a good time with it. Kind of like how you can go into like Super Mario World and just have a good old time with that game. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely sets standards for the series going forward, and I definitely appreciate all the changes that it did uh, for the series going forward. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those games that set a precedent, and you just can't ignore its legacy. Uh, so for me, um, this is definitely one of my favorite Zelda games. Like, and very much for a lot of reasons, just for what you guys just said, and like how I have to be in a mood to play like the N sixty the three D games. Like, you have to be mm-hmm. in a mood to play them. They're not games you can just well, Breath of the Wild is the one you can just pick up and play whenever you want. That's that's a, that's a own beast. But for the most part, three D games require time and money and not money, but time and like buying power. Link to the past. You're often going after the um, rescue of Princess Zelda. You pretty much just tell the game tells tell you to go, and you're free to explore Hyrule ha- as you see fit. And I always found that appealing. Um, I think this is it's my favorite version of Hyrule, and it, that could be a lot of like just rose colored glasses. But like I know where everything's at. Kakarito uh, Village going there for the first time is always relaxing. You know, the, like the first time we get to hear, you know, the the iconic very uh, not dull but um, som not somber calming Kakariko Village theme on on the SNES uh, music chip. Very, very good stuff. 
Um, and of course, like on the you know the uh, the fact that that like the whole idea that Link is a, is being portrayed as a betrayer to the kingdom. You know how much I like a Link to the Past. Hold on, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna fucking show you as I try not mm-hmm. to knock over everything in my proximity. Oh, you know it's really nice oh, that we've all gotten to share our our you know Link to the Past with this game. So those of you who don't remember, back in the '90s. Nintendo produced comic books for both Super Nintendo, for both Super Mario. They even did one for Metroid, and then a couple years ago, they reprinted them. Ooh. Um, yeah, I need, I might need to turn off the blur for for this real quick. Give me one second. Um, I have the manga of I think Ocarina of Time, so I'm right there with you. So, I have this. So this is the actual story adaptation. Of a link to the past, as like they best could tell, it doesn't follow the game exactly. That's cool. I, but, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, it's yeah, th- this came out like 2016, maybe. I you know, uh, I remember God going to a Toys R Us and um, and uh, seeing like chapters of it and b- randomly buying it in a bundle. And I remember going, "Oh my God, this is crazy!" This hold on, I just opened one of my favorite shots. Uh, that will always stick with me. This shot right here. This is not in the game. Link in like a snow area and like a big cell, like a like a set like a boat. I I, rem- I think this is a chapter I had as a kid because I remember this image. It's so cool. There's like I said, there's also Super Mario Brothers one, uh, and there's a Metroid one. I don't know if they ever reprinted the Metroid one, but this is how much I love a Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. Definitely stick with me in different ways. But, I mean, look at this dragon. Just look at this fucking dragon, dude. Like, Oh, that's the Turtle Rock boss. Again, I never... Yeah, I never never read this fully as a kid. But just how much as an adult, how much the game is meant to be that... I didn't buy the Super Mario Mario World one. I I didn't really care. I love Super Mario World, but not that much. This is how much I cared for this one. Um, There's even... Oh, God. There's there's so much good shit in here. Um... (laughs) Um, it, it's it's so good. Like, look, look at this, look at this. Oh, like I'm sorry if you're an audio listener, but is I'm looking. If you go to Twitch.tv says Zero Score, we're live every Monday nights. This is amazing. It, it's just amazing art. And even when I I haven't read it, in a, I haven't re- gone through it in a while. But even like when I last went through it, it was just so cool. Uh, and it, and it's an original story. So what are your favorite memories of A Link to the Past? Is it your favorite Zelda game? Is it the game that brought you to the series and made you a fan? Did you discover it years later because you were unfortunate to be born in the early 90s? Because um, I wouldn't want to be born now, that's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, not that being born in 1990 was that great, but at least we get to experience A Link to the Past in its infancy. Uh, let us know. Um, happy anniversary to one of my favorite Zelda games of all time. As Justin holds up his his big kitty, who just does not want to be there. He does. Um, Here's meowing at me from the uh, futon. Justin, plug your stuff, please. You can find me and Gimli if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, I did not mention it at the top, but um, I am streaming a uh, a really weird uh, Wind Waker randomizer. That mixes in a bunch of uh, Pokemon character models and things like that. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, I decided not to do Chrono Cross since, like I said, I uh, I had to start over 
and I didn't actually get back to the point where I left that stream off, so I just didn't stream it again. But I'm really liking this this Wind Waker mod, um, so I'm just going to continue that instead. But uh, that's I think that's just going to be next week. Ow. Okay, now he's excited. Uh, because after that, I will be uh, off for a few weeks um, as I get ready and then go to Scotland. Um, the motherland. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for that. It's like a little over two weeks now. Um, but, yeah, I've got this Thursday. Oh, yeah, I stream on Thursdays, 7, 7 p.m. Standard Time. Um, I've got this Thursday to stream... And then the following Thursday, let me look at the calendar real quick, actually, because I might be wrong. Um, oh, okay, I have the following Thursday also. And then the Thursday after that is Doctor Strange Day. Um, because I realized that it comes out the day we go, we, the day we leave. So I have to see it like the early opening or whatever, um, to not have it spoiled by the time we get back. You know what? To be fair, if you did get spoiled in 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 Scotland, uh, you would not understand what they were telling you. No, I meant like just seeing it on social media and stuff. Uh, what are you doing on social media in, in Scotland? You're in Scotland. I mean, we're, what are you doing? We're gonna be giving updates like from the hotel when there's Wi-Fi. Mad lad, his men's in Scotland is gonna be on Twitter. You heard it here first. Uh, but have a safe trip. We do have something special planned for the day he's gone, so stay tuned to that as we get closer to that day. Dad's gonna give you the keys, <laughs> basically. Uh, Tyler, go ahead. You can follow me on Twitter at HeadsThatTy. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tyler Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I am also uh, streaming live on twitch.tv slash tireshoes1, where I do uh, random matches in Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. Probably matches against friends, if they're ever up for it. Um, surrender, surrender, <laughs> surrender, surrender. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole experience. Uh, on the cinema shot side of things, we recorded the finale for our Dragon Ball adventure, so by the time the audio for uh, this episode comes up... It will be for Dragon Ball Super Broly, which is something that we were both really excited for. So check that out when that drops. It's a fun one to record. Uh, and um, I'll go. I'll announce our poll then. Uh, you uh, before I plug my stuff. Uh, now that bro, by the time this is out, Broly will be out or out like the next day. So Tyler and I, it's up for you to decide what we're gonna watch next, and we've kept it a secret until now. So Tyler's picks will be... It's going to be live-action fighting game movies. I handpicked eight films for us to sit or suffer through, and it's going to be a fun ride regardless. So yeah, that means King of Fighters, both Street Fighter movies, all the Mortal Kombats, uh, Dead or Alive, it's all going to happen. No, we're not going to touch Double Dragon because Double Dragon's not a fighting game. Nope. Fuck off. Um, my pick is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And not just the four live-action attempts. We're also going to do Turtles Forever, which is the crossover movie that's actually on Amazon Prime right now. So it's not for rent. Not for... Not for damn it, wish it was streaming. 
But also, we're going to do the uh, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because that's, that's, why not, right? So we're going to do a little bit of animated, a little bit of live action, you know, a little bit of mediocrity, a little bit of awesome. It's all going to be great. A little bit of rock and roll. This pretty much, a little bit of rock and roll. That's Michelangelo on drums right there. So it was either this or Transformers, guys, and I, I think something's in the water for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this year, so that's why I just want to go through those again with Tyler. I'd be fine with uh, that. So look, so look forward to that. Whichever one will win, whichever one the poll will win, will be. I think either of us will be happy either way because at least we get the shit. At least we can have fun watching them and get the references and shit like that. Uh, and of course, go to you can follow me at twittercom Iggy for all things related to the Marvelous one, and you can follow me. Catch me live at TV slash Iggy two and four, which I'm thinking of changing it to officially Marvelous Iggy. Just make it that my official it. name. Um, it's been so nobody long. likes numbers. Uh, I stream, I stream. Uh, it's a Green Lantern reference. It's the only reason I even have that. Um, I stream live four times a week. It's Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at six p.m. Central Time. This coming this coming Saturday, it's on low. And Tyler actually helped me a lot today with getting it. We almost completed a full deck today, which is crazy that we got that close. I didn't think we would. It's that easy. Um, I probably won't have it completely ready, but the fact that I'm that close already has me excited. And and Tyler and I will be also after... And so, okay, this coming Sunday, Tyler and I, it's finally going to happen. My shit talking is over. Tyler's not shit talked at all. I've been doing the shit talking. Uh, first to ten, King of Fighters... Me versus Tyler, Team Marvelous Siggy versus Team Hayasat Tai. It's on 6 p.m. Central Standard Time start time. And then the following Sunday, because uh, Tyler and I are finally going to do a deck building slash playing Yu-Gi-Oh! stream. Uh, because uh, the, ca- and the only reason I'm doing this is because in the process of opening these card packs that I got today via uh, Master Duel... There were some cool cards that I got that were called like Fleur Knights or like like basically Flower Knights. The I thought the that's such a cool concept for a deck. I want to make a deck based off of that. So Tyler's gonna help me as best he can to help me make a deck based off basically around this this theme. So if you want to play some, and we're gonna play some games too. But the for the most part, the first half of the stream, both Tyler helping me try to get this deck together. You know, with the cards that I have, and go from there, and seeing how it could work. So, if you want to play some Yu-Gi-Oh, come join. And of course, you can also listen to uh, the wrestling po- uh, uh, watch lines I do with Thomas. The most recent one that went live has been WWF No Mercy, and the one coming up by the time this is out will be uh, WCW Road Wild 1998, featuring Jay Leno. Yes, you heard me right, Jay Leno in the main event where he does. He literally puts Hulk Hogan in a wrestling move, and Hulk Hogan has to sell for it. Wow. Um, so there you go. Uh, the poll for, and of course, check out our f- Twitter feed for the new poll, also for t- what Thomas and I will be watching next week. So thank you all for coming for this episode of Chart Shot. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until next time, guys, stay charged.